Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Life, love, and liberty. It's Monica Matthews. Welcome back on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook Live. Where else am I? I don't know. I'm always watching. I'm like Big Brother. (laughs) Or you can always watch me. (laughs) Thank you for sharing my broadcast, my podcast. It's so great to meet so many of you. Uh, Since being uh, set free, thank God Almighty, from Twitmo, I have earned like, and I know that cracks my producer up every time I say it, Um, but it's true. So many people have been placed into Twitmo, but I'm now free, free at last. And, um... Gosh, I think I have like 600 new followers or no. Oh, wait, hold on. I left at 16.5. Math is not my strong suit. And where am I? I'm at 20, 2000, I mean, 20,000 something. <laughs> so I uh, at 21,300 up from actually it was I was at 19.6. I've got my number dyslexia there. So. It's so good to meet all of you. Thank you for joining me and for sharing my work. Uh, Lots of cool new additions. I do actually scroll through to see sometimes, you know, right, who's following me, who's a bot, who's not. Um, So welcome. I threw tons of questions at you last night, and uh, you're like, what what is this? What's going on? I throw questions your way as they pop into my head in conversations I have throughout the day with others. One was, I'm a conservative talk show host. Uh, Studies and surveys say that you guys don't want to hear about politics anymore. So I was like, well, what the heck are we supposed to talk about as conservative talk show hosts? I mean, that's kind of the whole point. I am a conservative talk show host, but I'm a talk show host at heart. I happen to be a conservative and I'm a patriot, right? Notice I didn't say Republican. I'm like President Trump. I'm a I'm a conservative and I'm a happy conservative, but I'm I'm I've never fully married myself to a party. I marry myself to ideals and to ideas. And to that ideology. And what I've noticed about my party is that ideas and ideology is shifting. And some of you, especially in the state of Georgia, can no longer tell who's part of the establishment and who's part of the new, you know, super waffly, um, moderate conservative party. That's a big deal right now. And it's funny because I hear people accusing certain people. And believe me, it's an accusation to be to be associated with the establishment. Of any form at this point, because we're we're churning. Both parties are churning right now. Whatever's going to spit out the top, in my humble opinion, has been President Trump. He landed on the landscape of politics and was like, psych, I'm not a politician and I'm not a Republican. Sorry. I mean, I had to be the nominee to I had to choose I had to choose one side or the other to to gain the nomination. And that's what I did. But if you remember, he kind of fought tooth and nail having to sign that little agreement <laughs> that says I promise to uphold. You know, the GOP principles, he's like, you know, should I promise to uphold doing things Trump Trump way to get stuff done? Because once you align with one doctrine or the other, whew, then people like to hold your little toenails to the fire over stuff like that. So while I'm asking what's the what's the worst thing you've ever done drunk? That was it like. <laughs> and I love people who are like, I've never been drunk. I'm like, wow, 
That's actually very commendable. I wish I could say that, but I can't. Ooh. And I wish I could say that it has been like super long time since I found myself in that state. But I'd be lying. So, but I realize that it's a sin and I'm from the Bible Belt and that's a big deal. So it is a sin. It's not good to be intoxicated. Bad, bad things happen during intoxication. I love the fact that our president doesn't drink. That's awesome. And I think really smart, successful people don't drink. They just don't. They know. It alters your perception. It alters your ability to discern properly. And when you're out in business, a lot of people are like, you know, just chugging back the alcohol, especially in politics. Oh, my God. We are like a landscape filled with alcoholics. I'm just telling you, every single function you go to, people are drinking. And it's such a bad look. When you're running for office and your wife starts acting like a floozy, not a good look, fellas. Not a good look. Or or the woman's running for office and the husband's jealous and so he kicks back a couple of cocktails and then he starts flirting with various assistants. It's bad. I've seen it all. It's awful. So and I love the fact that Candace Owens doesn't drink either. Some of you didn't know that. She is the beautiful, young, black female who is leading the black uh, demographic out of the Democrat uh, plantation as, as she refers to it. Right? She made a decision. She felt like the Lord called her to put down alcohol and she stopped. And her life has just been on like full-blown trajectory ever since. Good stuff. Very important times to remain sober. While I'm asking you questions about sobriety online last night, I also, oh my gosh, we're almost up to like 3,000 people who have responded to my one simple question. What was the movie that traumatized you, the, the scary movie that traumatized you as a child? The answers have been all over the board. It's been awesome. I'm still surprised by how many of you say The Wizard of Oz literally traumatized you. And then some of you have gone with things like, Yes. <laughs> Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, um, Freddy Krueger. Which one is this from? Reagan. Oh, from Reagan. God almighty, that was my worst. That was the exorcist. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I can't even do that. Stop it. Turn it off. I'm going to like, Ugh. And then one dude like sends me a meme of her walking down the staircase in a back bend. Uh, I know. I'm like, I don't like you anymore. I'm just going to tell you. And I love all my followers. I don't like you right now. And so I'm up at night, and then all the faces of Reagan keep popping up. It's late at night. Ugh. And then, and then the story of all stories breaks. Georgia Poll puts out, and my email starts blowing up because I just interviewed uh, Representative Doug Collins just yesterday. Ooh. President Trump now says he's considering Congressman Doug Collins of Georgia to become the permanent director of national intelligence. Collins was a staunch defender of the president during the impeachment proceedings. He could face some of the same criticism that's been raised about Richard Grinnell. Little to no intelligence experience. You're right. Little to no intelligence experience. So a lot of my friends in the intelligence world, Monica, What's up? Is this true? Is this how the conversation went today? I was like, well, let's just wait and hear from Representative Collins. And he did, in fact, set the record straight just this morning telling Fox Business. Wow. You know, it is humbling. I mean, it, it's amazing for a trooper's kid from North Georgia to have the president think that much of you to mention my name and uh, among others to be uh, uh, this position. But let me just tell you right now, that's uh, I know the problems in our intelligence community, but this is not a job that, that interests me uh, at this time. It's not one that I would accept because I'm running a Senate race down here in Georgia in which, you know, everybody knows that I'm a supporter of the president. They know how much I have supported this president through these sham impeachment and everything else. But I'm running against a senator who was just newly appointed who decided to support the president three weeks 
um, before she got the appointment. And also polling down here is showing that we have a candidate down here that could actually put this seat in jeopardy because of the flaws that she has. So, look, I'm very humbled by the president. I'm a supporter of this president. I'm going to continue to fight for this president in the House this year. And we'll be in the Senate next year because this intelligence community has to get uh, right. And I'm sure the president will pick somebody that appropriate for that job. The, the Okay, that matches exactly what the 9th District Georgia Congressman uh, was telling me as we sat down to talk about the Senate race and his commitment to Georgians and to stay in the race. Is there any truth yeah. to that? I hope she enjoys her appointment. I don't know what she's getting. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we're in this for the Senate race. We're in this for the Senate race, and we're in it to win. Because I asked him very candidly, because that's what I do, <sighs> I didn't say boxers or briefs, but I could have. And some of you want to know that stuff. Can you believe that? <laughs> But it's interesting for me, it's a very personal connection because we've talked, we talk all, you know, regularly in that, and especially through impeachment, he knew I had his back. He was right. never a doubt. And in these bills, as we've been moving forward, we've been that fighter there from day one. So, you know, look, read nothing into it unless you want to say that maybe there's a new position for our new senator somewhere. <laughs> and maybe that, too, is circulating. I mean, the president, you got to love the president. You know, the art of the game, right? The art of the deal, really. It's really the art of war. <laughs> Is what we're dealing with. They talk about House of Cards, but it's only a House of Cards if you're not in control of, of which cards are where and when they're going to fall and how and who and all of that. And if you don't think the president is fully aware of the entire deck of cards, then you're wrong. And I know people on the Leffler team feel like that's right, because eventually he's going to come down here and give her the, the sealed kiss of approval. And um, and then you're going to see you know, who the president aligns with. He did, in fact, and I asked Representative Collins about this yesterday. I said, you know, how, how did that work out? How did that make you feel? What does that say? And what does that say to voters? That he did kind of give her a nod of approval during his um, victory lap after his forever acquitted speech. Right? And during that presser, he gave both of them, he, rec he recognized both of them that day by looking at uh, Senator Leffler saying, hey, I didn't really even know who this person was, but boy, she's a tough cookie and she got really mean and really nasty and she rolled up her sleeves and she was she had my back. Those are things the president does not forget. But I'll tell you this, he definitely doesn't forget the fact that Senator Leffler was not there by no fault of her own during this sham impeachment, as as Representative Collins you know, stated. But he was. And that it could have gone, and some of you are like, yeah, but, you know, it still made its way over into the Senate. Well, it was going to. Because if your lazy butts would get out and vote, we wouldn't have, we would have a House majority. But we don't. So you're right. It would have never gone over. It would have never even gone, gotten any traction at all if you, the American voter, would get out and ensure that your Congress is actually What's the word I'm looking for? Inhabited. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a late night. I can't tell you how many people really freaked out by this. And then some people were still like, oh, thank God that he's not going to divide the party. Why is it Doug Collins' fault? Why is it? It's funny to me because some people vote, uh, some people accuse the, the governor of Georgia for presenting this entire poop storm down here by positioning Kelly where she is. Some of you are really upset about that. You're also upset about immigration. You're upset about crony capitalism. But I got to tell you, uh, grassroots people, something. Can we please get over people having money? Can we please do that? Because that is not the unforgivable sin. I'm sorry. It's just not. And we look like a bunch of hillbillies every time we keep, you know, well, she didn't. She don't have a gun license. 
And I realize you're trying to poke holes in her attack ads and in, in her in her entire being as a as a as a U.S. senator, as an appointed U.S. senator. Very important to remember, she has not been elected. The people of Georgia did not choose her. The governor of Georgia chose her. That's very important to remember. But you're going to have a say so in this. So it, as opposed to, you know, throwing darts at Brian at the governor's office and throwing darts at, at Kelly and throwing darts at Doug, good grief. Can't you discern for yourself? Follow the money trail and you're going to find some questionable things on both sides. You just are because there are questionable characters who pour into campaigns across. You're probably going to find some Democrats who have poured in on either side. I love something that a very discerning friend of mine said to me this morning. You know, maybe, maybe Kelly has just kind of been like, I never even thought I was going to be in politics. So I didn't really pay attention to this or this or that. And so, you know, give, give me a second to get my bearings straight. And But some, you know, grassroots folks will go right to, well, she's not this and she's not that. She can't do this and she ain't done that. She didn't show up for the GOP meetings every Saturday. And we did. We've been there with the biscuits and the hot dogs and hanging out in the food campers. And, you know, we go us. I get it. Thank you. We couldn't we could not move forward without you. Grassroots efforts are extraordinarily important. But until we realize as a party that we have to have a concerted effort and it takes money to pull that off and it's okay for someone to have their own money. I'm not upset by the money. You guys know where I stand on this and I'm not going to go back into it today. I look forward to having Senator Leffler on my show. Some of you have asked, why hasn't she been on your show yet? Good question. It's not for lack of trying. I'm sure she's been extraordinarily busy. There's a giant learning curve here for her. She spent a lot of time in D.C. lately. So I've been trying to, you know, extend the grace card. But uh, Representative Collins has made himself more than available since before this race. He has always made himself available. He and his staff are extremely accommodating in that regard. You know why? Because he understands that you want to hear his voice. Now, he could be camped out up there, could say shacked up up there, and uh, politically speaking, let me clarify that, in D.C., and a lot of a lot of your uh, representatives do that. They get your vote, then they run to D.C., and you never see them or hear from them again. <laughs> they get shacked up with all kinds of special interests and power and greed and all of that. But I will say this, Representative Collins has never said no to speaking to you through me or anyone at this station. And that means a lot. So stay tuned. Who knows? Maybe we'll hear from Senator Leffler. Maybe not. I don't know. But the call has certainly been made more on more than one occasion for your purposes. But I'd love to see the infighting stop. Discern for yourself who the who the best candidate is and go from there. And, and you know, I know some of you are bitter because you see that, you know, we've been this whole race is, you know, somehow you think Doug is selfish you know, he's just self. Can I tell you something? There's nothing fun about running for office. Nothing. Sure, I know y'all get excited because somebody cares enough to come to your hot dog function and pat you on the butt and shake your hand and kiss your baby and all that stuff. And I know it makes you feel good. And that's awesome. That's what we do to get out and see the people. But there's nothing fun about running a campaign. Nothing. It is hard work. It is exhausting. And it costs your family. It costs your health. It costs a lot. It's extremely expensive, if you will. It costs. There's a cost factor there that we as the voters do not see. And as someone who has been deeply embedded in campaigns and run a campaign, it is, I slept on my desk. (laughs) 
my daughter was actually just looking at the possibility of, of getting on with the campaign here in Georgia. And she's like, I was like, I'm just going to tell you now. It's a mad dash to the finish line, girlfriend. And if you think that you're not going to be working 24-7, you are completely wrong. What you got? So, oh, yeah, my expanded interview with Doug Collins is this Sunday from uh, 1230 on WSB Radio. And he does answer to the attack ads and more. And he and he answers very candidly. I love the fact that I have a great rapport with people who come in here. And it's it's a very personal interaction. I am not the great broadcaster that my producer is. He is fantastic. He gets right to the point, sucks out the meat from the marrow, and you got it, and you're on your way, going to get coffee, sitting in traffic, cussing people out, whatever you do in the Atlanta morning area. But I love to, like, extract things. And, and you know, like I asked him during Christmas time, what do you and your wife do? What are some holiday things that you do? And, and it's funny because whenever you get people to just come over the edge a little bit back to the personal side, that's the person you're voting for. I want to hear I want to hear Kelly as well. I do because I am a female and I'm a business owner and I'm certainly not as successful as she is. And we're both blonde and her hair is prettier. But (laughs) but I am curious. I I want to get to know the woman. So my thing is, if you guys are going to prop up, if you're going to play identity politics along with the left. Then you need to get to know the person behind the sexuality behind the you guys call it gender but it's not it's biological sex so i want to know the woman who is spending an inordinate amount of cash to disparage and i i use that term deliberately because that's what it is it's mudslinging that's what happens then in politics everyone just i don't know how people do it i really don't i don't know how we do it just you know you just go to blows and and you know friend of mine says in politics you don't have permanent friends and you don't have permanent enemies (laughs) Because somewhere along the line, you're both going to need each other again. And I'm just a little bit more detonator friendly. <laughs> ask, ask, ask several people down at the state legislature. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you come on to my show on my airwaves that I'm very grateful to be on on my station with my brand name and lie to your constituency that you would never support a casino? while taking money under your skirt from Wynn and friends. Yeah, I was, no, no, we don't do that here. I'm sorry, we just don't. I'm a little too real and Southern for that. Okay, Um, so there's Senator, I'm I'm sorry, I keep calling him Senator already, it's a sign. (laughs) I keep calling him Senator Doug Collins, but uh, there you go. You guys, man, you guys were on fire too. I'm like, I couldn't respond fast enough. Two messages and text messages, and I'm trying to get information from friends. And I'm like, what the? I just had him in here today and asked him that question. Although I did say publicly, the president is like lightning in a bottle. <laughs> so who knows if he just woke up, it was like Doug Collins. That's it. That's the guy. <laughs> he's loyal. He's perfect. State troopers, kid. Love the story, by the way. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm Trump. I'm going to make my decision. That's it. And you're not going to argue with me. And then, you know, it's his to. It is his uh, it's his appointment to decline. But I will say there's been talk that Miss Leffler, Mrs. Leffler could uh, could see the same fate. She, too, could be offered an appointment. And that will be interesting. That will be very, very interesting to see how she hedges her political future. Just keep in mind that it's your everyday future. Her political future 
Doug Collins's political future equals your everyday reality. Don't you ever forget that. Quit making it about the candidates. This is your life. This is your kids, your taxes, your health care, your roadways, your, you know, everything to do with you in the state of Georgia and your ability to have a livelihood and to prosper and to live freely revolves around who it is you vote for. Okay, what else do we have, Mr. P? So uh, we've got all kinds of local stuff going on, but I did want to I did want to address this because um, this was kind of cool. The right kind of diet may give you the brain, uh, may give the brain. Some of y'all need the brain, a brain, but the brain more of what it needs to avoid depression or even to treat it once it has begun. Uh, I say this a lot. My daughter and I, who's about to come on with me, uh, we talk a lot about mental health issues and um, because we've certainly had our own struggles with this in our own family. And I say struggle more like overcoming, but just the realization that this is an issue that a lot of people face. Don't believe me. Look at the antidepressant um, consumption in the country. It's a big one. Look at painkillers. Look at alcohol sales. Look at any number. Look at porn uh, uh, downloads. I mean, all, all of that. You know, when we're depressed, the brain is like, literally, I'll do anything to feel better. It just it's true. And but I like to approach things comprehensively, kind of systemically. So I don't think in every case it's just a chemical imbalance. If you're a chemical being, there's something that's affecting your chemicals. <laughs> I'm just very simple that way. OK, so I like this because she talks about diet. If you're feeling depressed, what have you been eating? And this is by Elizabeth Bernstein. And what do you know where this column's from? I don't know. OK, so psychiatrists and therapists don't often ask this question and they don't. But a growing body, just like your doctors don't ask you very simple questions. But some of you don't show up there with uh, all the, you know, here's the deal. When you go to your physician, you need to basically spill your guts about everything you eat, when you sleep, when you don't, how you have sex if you don't. Uh, are you sitting down all day? I mean, just just give it all because you expect your doctors to be mind readers. It's kind of like your relationships. But it's, it's, a, it's a matter of reasonable deduction. When it comes to medicine, yeah, you have symptoms, but what else is going on? Like, when did this begin is always a great question to ask because usually if someone has onset of symptoms of something they've never had before, you can, I have been able to trace that back to, oh, you lost your kid in a car accident and your adrenals quit working and you can't sleep at night and you've developed MS-like symptoms because neurologically your body's completely out of whack you have pain everywhere. You're grieving. You lost a child. Did you think your body wasn't going to respond? You lost a spouse. You lost your job. You've lost your reputation. You've lost a boyfriend, a girlfriend, which Allie and I are going to talk about in a minute because maybe cuffing season's over. <laughs> Some of you are like, what the heck is cuffing season? We're about to tell you. And so your body responds every to every single emotion you have, your body responds. So this lady goes on to say, uh, a growing body of research over the past decade shows that a healthy diet high in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, fish, and unprocessed lean red meat, unprocessed. You start talking about nitrates, nitrites, all that stuff. Some of you are deathly allergic to those things, and it causes just mass inflammation. My daughter's gastroenterologist in Australia. We went there for fecal transplant therapy because she has chronically and um, somewhat terminally at some junctures of her life has struggled with UC 
which presents, and for some of you who don't know what that is, it's ulcerative colitis. It can present much like Crohn's, but it's not systemic like Crohn's. It is uh, it is uh, located in the colon only. And so, but it does cause all kinds of things. And he was like, you people in the United States think that you think that you are, uh, what, I always want to say infallible. I think I've got the Pope on my mind lately. <laughs> you are, uh, uh, thank you. When someone is immortal, you are. When someone cannot die, when someone, nothing can touch them. Looking for my producer to step in. When someone is uh, bigger than human, larger than life. Holy crap. It's Friday. Come on. What? Th- not immortal. It's not impermeable. I should go to Twitter and ask, what's the word I'm looking for? When someone is, I know someone's watching right now going, oh my God, it's this. Example. Well, you can't die. Like nothing can happen to you. No, it's not immortal. That's not the word. No, it's not. Not impervious, but it's, all right, someone get out your thesaurus. I'm a wordsmith. Get out the thesaurus, Allie. It's not. It's not just immortal, and it's not just impervious. What is it? (laughs) It's not infallible, but it's in not indestructible, but it's close. It's what every 18-year-old boy thinks of when he's jumping off of a dirt. He's immortal. No. (laughs) No. Indestructible. Oh. Look at your faces! It is that's so. Not, but that's not the word I was looking for. But it's one of the words. It it's one of the all. words. Shut up. It's one of the words. Leave me alone. It, it is a word. It might not be the word. It's not it. But it's. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we tend to think <laughs> this is like being around our dinner table. I'm not even kidding. Just wait till Allie comes on. Don't go anywhere because this is gonna be really good. But he said. That you guys think you don't have third world problems in your dietary measures. And let me tell you, with every drive through burger you eat, you're essentially taking your life into your own hands. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you think? But all of your little cold cuts. And that's not to disparage anyone who's in the cold cut industry. I'm just telling you, when you're dealing with cold cuts and meat processed meats, you've got all kinds of things that could end up being a possibility that you're introducing into your digestive tract. And every single thing that goes into your mouth has an effect on your body. And that's what this is saying. Um, High in processed and refined foods increases the risk for disease in everyone, including children and teens. So if you have a child who is just like, just monitor your kid. If one minute they're great and they're fine and everybody's stable and nobody's, you know, having temper tantrums in a moment, what, hello, just pay attention to their sugar consumption, refined carbohydrates. That's on you. Remember, we talked about parental abdication yesterday. If you missed that show, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, MonicaMatthews.com, and probably 50 other download mediums. But if you subscribe to my podcast, you will they will come directly to you every day. And that would be amazing because you'll stay informed and entertained and loved and loved and you'll be enlightened to things like cuffing season. And when we come back, we're going to tell you what cuffing season's all about. And I'm going to introduce my daughter to you guys on video, uh, in video world. You guys are usually accustomed to hearing us on uh, Saturdays is whenever our podcast normally airs. And it's Mama Daughter, Monty versus Allie, um, Old Lady versus Smarty Britches. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Parental Guidance Advised with Monty and Allie. Whatever. It's immortal. It is not. Yes, it Whatever. is. Whatever. It is not. It is immortal. You're such a pain in my butt. Yeah, well. You were a pain in my uterus for nine months, and you come out, and you're nothing but a pain in my butt for 23 years. Shouldn't have forced me out then. <laughs> See? You, that's what I'm talking about right there. This is my daughter, my spawn, my bi-ethnic beauty, Allie. No, I didn't say biracial. I get in trouble every time I say that about you. From who? Alvita, because she's like, there's only one race. That is her entire mantra. Well, and she's fair. not wrong. Okay. All right. So I know you like to be, I'm a black woman. I'm like, girl, have you seen my skin? Have you seen mine? Yes, I have. You're a beautiful mixture of both. Mm. I have stretch marks to prove it. When yeah. people are like, when you were little, people were like, did you adopt her? Because, you know, that's the white person thing to do in the state of Georgia. Yeah. If you have like a lot of money, which we didn't, trust me. But there, but your dad was like a hot looking football player looking guy. And I was a pretty hot smoking looking blonde. And so back then, like athletes were only hooked up with strippers. So everywhere we went, people were like. <laughs> so and they might still be that way. I don't know. But every yeah. now and then, everywhere we went, they're like, oh, where do you dance? I'm like, OK, not offended at all. And actually, I wasn't because every girlfriend I had was dating his athlete friends, and, and they, they were, were strippers. strippers. Yeah, <laughs> but I wasn't, and I was like, no, no, no. So you are the beautiful combo of us. But okay, let let's just tell a little something, something about us. So when you were little, white people would always say, "Gosh, she looks exactly like you." True. And black folks are like, "Girl, she must look like her daddy." I did look like Isn't my dad a lot weird? more when I was younger, though. I looked like well, him wait, when I was no, a no, kid. no. It was the opposite. It was the opposite. White people are always like, she must look like her father because they would see pictures of your dad. Yeah, because they people can't... always thought you look like me. I don't understand that because they like you can only really process your own skin color in a lot of ways. Like what does there's that mean? there's a lot of like inherent racial bias that people don't know about where it's like you look at pictures of white people if you're white and you look at pictures of black people. Um, okay. If you're white and you relate more to the people who are white, okay. like there's just kind of like a disconnect in your brain. So it's like they would see us together and they couldn't necessarily compartmentalize to see the facial features that we had that were the same as soon okay. as they saw that my skin was brown. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Did you learn that in neuroscience studies in I your $260,000 education? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's now free for anyone making less than 80K a year. So thanks, USC. I will be waiting for my check <laughs> in the mail. What do you think about that? You're a Gen Zer. What do you think about free? Everything is free. Free education. Well, all the Democrat nominees. USC, right, is a private, USC is a private institution. I don't even care. They have billions of dollars in an endowment fund. If they want to make tuition free for people who make yeah, less than 80000 then that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. So, yeah, if private institutions want to do that, right. then cool. If what about pub public? Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done enough research to actually have like a leg to stand on one way no, or another. No, I think it's because you haven't paid enough taxes yet to really have a leg to stand I've on. I've paid plenty of taxes I since so. I was 16 years old, actually. Yeah, but I, yeah, but you Before I can like, even vote. Well, this is true. And that's taxation without representation. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure, didn't you send a letter to someone about that? Or you called into Neil Bortz's show complaining Probably about something. that when you were like 10? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I am very aware of taxation and its woes on the American people and myself. Um, but I haven't done enough research to see what it would actually cost taxpayers in terms of like free tuition. Does that matter? 
Does that matter? I, let's go with the moral argument on whether or not everyone should be paying for everyone's everything else. I don't think that's a moral argument. It is absolutely a moral independent, as far as I'm I concerned. Don't... Yeah, because you have a construct, you have an ideological construct of either socialism or you've got capitalism or Marxism or fascism. Right now, your generation, not you, but a lot of your generation is in the pool of the AOC swampland of everything's free and we're just going to have the taxpayers pay for everything. Um, do you? That is a moral issue as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't think so. Why not? Because I don't think that if you feel like if you have an actual plan to make, uh, you know, tuition free at public institutions, I don't think that automatically means you're an immoral person. And I don't think if you have the belief system that you're things... talking, you're thinking immoral like sex. I'm talking about immoral from the standpoint of, listen, capitalism. They're one and the same. They're not the same. Yes, because they capital, are. No, I'm not. Ta- they're two different things. Immoral Allie. is immoral, whether you're talking about sex or you're talking about the government. It's immoral. Well, the government is usually immoral. Exactly. And it On should all be sides. amoral. No, no. But the government should be moral because the Constitution is predicated upon the morality called liberty and justice well it was you know supposedly after 1865 it's black history month you want to go there black lady i mean if you're going to bring up the morality of the constitution and liberty and freedom for all yeah then yeah well, it took you us do... a minute to get there but we mm-hmm. did yeah, but then it took us another minute to let go of, like, Jim Crow laws and segregation. Right, and, and we overcame that, too. So yeah. where are we now? Still and with systemic oppression. let me tell you something oppression. about the separate be- but equal thing. Your people, this is how we roll. I'm just telling you, if you're new to this, don't be surprised because we go to, like, hillbilly functions, and no, no doubt we'll go to a you state do. fair. No, you've gone with me because I've dragged you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you'll look at me and go, uh those are your people, Mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, pants on the ground over there. Those are your people. So let's just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, so have we or have we not, is we or ain't we overcome a lot in this country? A lot, yes. Okay, All thank of you. it, no. Well, if we didn't, well, of course not, nor will we ever, ever on this side of eternity. But we have due process in this country, something of which <laughs> not every, well. Yeah, okay, Okay, sure. the president could actually argue against that at this point in time, yeah. but okay, but you're making it a racial behalf. issue. I'm making it an all people issue. I think that there's injustice in our supposed justice system for all people, including the president. I agree. The FBI has proven that a hundredfold in the past three years. You're absolutely right. Four. So, I mean, I mean, this goes back to uh, that poor guy, Richard Jewell, from the 96 bombing. I mean, his whole life was completely just shot through. Right. With a shotgun, basically. For casting dispersions and false accusations, exactly. which my producer lovingly holds my feet to the fire for. Anytime I get off on my... Blah, 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 he's like, do you have a source for that? Yeah, because <laughs> like, you no. are a news entity. You can't just speak your opinions. Well, yeah, I can. I'm paid, actually, to speak my opinions. I'm yeah, a commentator. Yeah, but do you That's want do. ignorant people running around the country even more so than there are? <laughs> Because you're spouting just your opinions and My 20,300 followers are not ignorant. Thank you very much. I beg to differ that some of them probably are. Oh, yeah, of course. As we all Because some be. of them are not real. Some of them really are Russian bots. <laughs> okay, I don't even know how we got there. I don't know. Miss High and Mighty, but we are talking about... You're talking about the morality of the Constitution. Absolutely. The you, morali- morality. Listen, the... morality will either lead to oppression or liberty, yes or no. 
Yeah, and okay, it thank led you. to oppression for hundreds of years. It led to incremental steps of freedom in this country. It, it started with an Very idea. It, it started in the in the heart of the author of liberty and the mind of the author of liberty, which is how the forefathers knew to say unalienable, which was also their way of saying, we haven't figured this out yet, but we know somebody created all of us equal. And not all of us have actually come to that agreement with God yet. But over Some time, this country, not every founding father felt that way. It is. I get so tired of your generation casting like this giant net over the founding fathers, just dragging them through hell and back saying, well, because if you can do away with them and what they stood for, the whole damn Constitution just goes up in smoke. That's how your generation sees. And you know what? You proved it on my show just a couple of Sundays ago whenever you said that you felt like, and this was during our Black History uh, segment, when you said, I feel like when someone is accused of something, Brett, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, uh, now Justice Brett Kavanaugh, or, um, damn it, his Clarence name. Uh, thank you. Clarence Thomas. Um, is accused of something, you have this thing in your head that sticks with you that says, well, if they were accused of it, there must have been some semblance of truth somewhere. It didn't have to be in that particular case or accusation, but somewhere they're probably guilty of something along those lines. And I'm like, I'm calling BS on that. I think that there could be a smudge of... um you know, not good character. If someone gets to the point of being accused of something as heinous as sexual assault or something of the like. Do you know how many husbands are accused of molesting their kids because they have some crazy ass future ex-wife that's trying to take their kids away? Yes. It's I'm an epidemic. Right. Do you know what? Right. I've been accused of some pretty awful stuff like professionally where it nearly cost me my health and you were a part of it. You remember that. And someone coming out after me talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, what? Where? Yeah, but false rape reports are an extremely small percentage, uh, much to the. Are you, you know, saying that because you've been a victim of sexual assault? Are you saying that because I've been a victim of sexual assault, I can't think clearly about potential predators? No, that's not what I said at all. I asked you a very straightforward question. I don't. Do walk you have a bias life. because of what happened to you? It's not no. an accusation. It's a I question. I do not walk through life with the lens of I was sexually assaulted. Now every man is a predator. I don't walk through life that then way. Then you have to be able to justify what you're saying. I am saying that I have. I am saying that I went through college with plenty of guy friends. Yeah, I've seen them extraordinarily intoxicated right. to the point of not knowing who they were, what they were doing, or where they were going. And not once were any of them ever in the position of violating another human being. And not once were they ever even accused of being in the position of violating someone. Yeah, but that's someone. just a, few, a handful of boys but who that's ended my, up with great character exactly, who chose and that's not to go down that path. Point. So it's like... If you get to a point of multiple, not just one, multiple women coming out against you saying that you have somewhat of a predatorial nature, then there could possibly be somewhere so in your scary. character. And do you know how scary that is for me for thinking back? Like if we were to say that, do you know how many black men, how many black men, people who look like your father were accused of exactly that by multitudes of white men? You are taking a trip to Mississippi and you just asked me, Mom, is it safe 
to go to this particular area in Mississippi. You're comparing apples I'm to not, oranges. Oh, you're, no, I'm not. Your entire argument is is you. I'm it, talking about women. Sand. I'm talking about women, the possible victims of said men. You're talking about white men accusing you're black differ- men. Uh, you're differentiating, Allie, based on sexual predatorism and one crime over another. And I'm telling you that it is perva- it's samey, samey. You cannot I'm cast a false accusation. you my personal opinion. Oh, my God. God, it is just not that difficult. If I if I am witness to someone right. who has multiple accusations against them, right. against their character, you then it then causes you to go Mm, there might be some guilt there. And I'm telling you that at some point in history, there were black men lined up in droves hanging from trees because at least 20 white guys said, "Yeah, he raped my little sister." Again, we got to move on. White men. It's not the women. Some women were accusing them, but that was also... Oh, now we've made a distinction between sexes. Yes. Oh, come on. No. We're going to have to You're literally talking out of your butt right now. <laughs> so far out of your butt, you cannot I see what's up or down. I have been known to do that, but not when I'm dating, because we've decided that that's rude. You do yeah. not ever poot in front of your loved one. No. Right. Keeps the mystery alive. But exactly. regardless. And we're going to talk about that and the mystery of cuffing. This is how it's we roll not a in mystery. our house. It is a mystery. It's no. a mystery to a lot. Of, listen, my followers are not in. Most of my followers have no idea what the hell cuffing is outside of being arrested. It's putting so, a cuff on someone. It? It's putting mean? a label or a a term on a relationship a with someone specific for a period season. of time yes. for a season. So Normally cuffing? fall through winter. Okay, coming up on spring, a lot of you are going to get those. I think we should see other people texts and don't be surprised <laughs> because everyone's looking to be single by summer. Why? Because it's summer. You're half so naked. So everyone and... wants to be like, they want to mate like the bees in the spring? Mm-hmm. All the pollination? They kind of want to see what's out there. They want to scout out their prospects and then they, they go into summer. and seed in the summer. Yeah. Everyone's half naked and you're just kind of like living for the moment and freedom. And so you don't want to be bogged down by a relationship. Okay. So what should people look for if they are in the process of being uncuffed and they don't even realize it? Um, you'll, you'll definitely sense some like distance from that person, whether it's in conversation or if it's in like time that you spend together, right? It'll probably be less so. Okay. What are some of the key words and who uncuffs usually first? Is it men or women? In this day and age, I don't really think that there's that much of a disparity. Yeah. I was very much so an uncuffer. What? Yeah. I ended a lot when I was dating, like, is that because you were like, Getting your freak on in the summer, and I didn't know. Okay. No, I'm saying I ended a lot of the dating relationships I had in the past year and a half because I didn't want anything more than a few dates. I didn't want a boyfriend. But was that seasonal, or that's just where you were in your life? That's where I was in my life. All right. Okay, so what are some of the phrases that you would use as a female to uncuff from a male? I was. Well, you weren't uncuffing. You were like, I just don't want, you're just breaking up. But Yeah, I didn't want a boyfriend. And I made that clear. And then they wanted a girlfriend. So we had to break Because up. they always want what they can't have. Probably. I yeah. Truly. Well, so. you decided that. You're like, yeah. Mom, it's like it's like blood in the water. As soon as you say, I think I want to be single. Guys are like, awesome. You're are you the, sure? You're the perfect chick for me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because you don't want anything. You don't need anything. You're kind of like a chia pet. I just but kind of spit on you want... every now and then and you grow. No, but they want more. <laughs> that was the point. I was thinking this is the perfect thing for a guy, the relationship without the label. And they're like, no, but I want the label and the exclusivity. That's because and you, can't you didn't want anymore. it. Yeah. Right. Because women who want a relationship, who want a man, the man's like, oh, I don't know if I and if I can own up, I don't know if I can live up to that. Yeah. But a woman who has no expectations, she's the one that 
every guy wants. Yeah, basically. Basically. All right. So, so when a dude has dumped you, what are some of the things to look for? Um, I mean, ghosting is the number one thing. Happens what is all the time. Explain that. Everyone knows what ghosting is. People no, they disappear. Don't. That's it. They stop talking to you. You don't see them again. That's what ghosting is. Um, and I think, you know, for me, I've always been extremely straightforward and yes. like I didn't try to beat around the bush. I was just very clear about, you know, I felt like there were more feelings on their part than mine. Um, you know, I didn't want to begin the process of leading them on. Yeah. I did not want anything more. Right. And I didn't think that it would be good for us to continue dating. Okay. And that was it. So I want to touch on one last thing. Um a listener of mine reached out to me yesterday and told me the story that was kind of funny. And he's like, hey, what do I do? <laughs> I get a lot of those. What do I do? <clears throat> Excuse me. And he says, my watch alerted me to my wife attempting to snoop through my phone. <laughs> That's great. I, I mean, I've had friends bust fellas, ladies. The watch is always watching. Yeah, and the fit-fits. watch is always reporting. You have this. It's amazing. I, I can't it's even. It's called bond I just, touch. Oh my god! This is what we touch it right now. Actually, okay, you can touch your watch. And it's you not can a give watch. It like, it's a bracelet. So it's like, a bracelet. Show everybody the bracelet. Yeah, so it looks like a double O seven. Something's going to projectile out of it and shoot exactly. you in the neck. Well, no, it's probably it's, what it is. No, it's, it's got not. like a love dart in there. And whenever no. your boyfriend gets too distant, you're like, Psh. see, he's responding. <laughs> He's responding I'm a done. lot. Why is I'm he buzzing done. my arm off? God. Yeah, because he's like, I'm watching you. <laughs> he's like, I got the whole freaking uncuffing conversation. Look at this. This thing is literally about to have a stroke. <laughs> Tell us what the watch does. Austin, you should have anyway. never done that, honey, by the way. Go ahead. Anyway, the Why watch. Why would you want someone that close to you all the time? Because he Ugh. loves me, okay? Oh, God. Regardless, right. me. Okay. it's a it's a Bluetooth connected bracelet and it's a it, spying utensil. It's surveillance is what it's it is. It's not. It is and totally. you can touch it and it vibrates and it lights up with a color. Basically. I thought they sold those on adult only uh, interwebs. This doesn't go down there. It goes on your wrist. What is it? It's a collar. It is a dog collar. My producer said it's a, a collar. shock collar. It is a shock collar. We had talked about that last night, actually, where it's like <laughs> they need one with shocks. And I was like, he would have gotten shocked 50 times yesterday for not responding all day. Yeah, for not responding to my initial love pat on my wrist. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. There's no way I could have somebody up my butt like that all day. We no way. We don't do it all day. It's very like. Maybe every few hours if we haven't heard from each so other. So we've gone like, from texting to where you're like, and y'all know how it is, especially if you own an iPhone. As soon as you hit send, you start looking for that little thought bubble to pop up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they saw it. Okay, now they're responding. It's been two minutes and they're still responding. You're like, wow, this is going to be a great answer. And then it goes away. And there's nothing there. And there's no response. And you're to like, to our credit, we what? are long distance, so we don't get to see each other all the time. We get to see each other every couple or few weeks, whatever. And so it is something where it's like, okay, you're kind I'm of thinking about you. Touch, yes. touch, touch. And we have like our own little codes. Okay, fun. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. See, that's what we need, Twitter followers. We need our own watch codes. I've asked you guys to start submitting words to replace other words that we all get banned for on Twitter. I'm going to compile a Twitter dictionary, a code dictionary, and I'm going to sell it. Cat Turd and I have decided that we're going to partner and we're going to knock this thing out, and we are. So start submitting your words. Mm -hmm. Very important. So we're starting with things like white, But wait, we didn't answer this guy's question. Freedom, straight. We didn't answer his question. Gay. I'm about to get there. So 
We need to answer this question. I'm going to let you answer the question. But this whole thing, there are actually adult things that you, I did not know yes, this. Yes, there are plenty there of are adult toys. toys that you, that your partner can control from literally anywhere in the world. And you wear it. So you could be, so you clearly have to wear something on your mm-hmm. person. And then there's someone else, your loved one, has control over when this thing buzzes mm-hmm. and when it doesn't. Yes. That could be interesting. It you could, could be sitting be. in your boardroom. And all of a sudden, don't think you'd probably wear it in the boardroom. I mean, unless you like to live that kind of dangerously. <laughs> I, however, would rather keep my job. Um, yes, but yeah. So, what was his question? Okay, the question is: Should I do? I tell her. Do I tell her that I've that I see her spying on me in my phone? Okay, well, don't say that. First of all, uh, don't say that. He she's was very spying. jovial about I it. I know, he but like, jovial. don't say that. But I mean, you can address it, and I think you should address it because clearly there's some sort of a breakdown in trust, in trust right. and communication. Because like, really, trust comes from not only communication but following up what you're saying in your actions. So you cannot build trust just by telling someone, "I love you. I'm going to be here for you." Right. You have to build it over time by showing them that you love them and that you're going to be there for them, even in the hard, rocky times. So, how you can approach her is just very simply, like, "Hey, um, you know, the other night I kind of I got a notification that someone was, you know, uh, trying to unlock my phone, and you know, I figured it was probably you, and I just wanted to make sure and check in that you know there's not some concern that you have." That yeah, there's not that'd be a very a break, loving way to do it. Yeah, that I just you're checking in on her because you are like you're clearly confused but as to why. But most people are going to get pissed off that you feel like she's checking up on you. Like you're not checking in. That's you're checking your own up. problem. I mean, you have to understand that there are two people in a relationship, and as someone who has trust issues. And honestly, I'm not always very good at this. I'm not always very good at being the emotionally mature person that I claim to be. But you know, it really? is. Yeah, really. <laughs> How ironic. Mom, well, I, you're 23. I'm going to cut you some slack. I know you've the apple that fell from my tree, girl. Mm-hmm. Get on with it. Anyway, <laughs> so it's up to the person who has the issues as much as the person who's in the relationship with someone who has issues to yeah. understand that they are not your past partners. They are not your parents. They're not your dad, your mom, your aunt, your uncle. They are themselves. And so in those moments where you hear those nitpicky, just awful voices coming up and accusing them to you, you have to learn how to shut them down. Right. And But the way to be able to do that more efficiently is to have that trust with your partner that they have been helping to build with you. Right. So, yeah, I would just address her very lovingly and just come to her and be like, I just want to make sure that, you know, we are that we that I'm on the same page with you that we right. do have the level of trust that I thought we had I want to make sure that there isn't something that I have done or right. said that has now concerned you to the point of I think too though Allie that some in. people feel like that would be um you run the risk of becoming codependent with someone over time if you simply just let that kind of behavior slide or you um or you you make adjustments to who you are all the time and into the the constitution of the relationship that you've established between each other. And hopefully people have done that. Most people do not establish what I refer to as a personal constitution mm-hmm. and a relational constitution. You have to set limits. And right. it's not and it's personal limits. Like it's not something that you say, OK, six months in, if you don't trust me, I'm leaving. Right. No, you have to set a personal limit of okay how much longer am i going to allow them to not trust me 
if you're less than a year into a relationship, yeah. honestly, get over it. That's what I have to say. Yeah, like, it, you have to understand that that like the level of trauma that someone has up right. to that point before right. meeting you, whether they've met you at 30 years old or 20 years old or 15, that's 15, 20, 30 years Prior of trust you. issues. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you think within a year <laughs> right. or six months, I you're now, to make yeah, it all better. <laughs> no, you're not. Right. So get over it. But right. if it's a year later, then you do have to start talk. You do have to start addressing with yourself. Okay. You know, I've I've shown them over this year period, I've proven over this year period, like I am trustworthy yeah. and I believe I'm trustworthy. So that is when you can very lovingly yeah. not, you know, not crazily, but just talk well, not to defensively. your partner. Yeah. And I got to tell you, out of all the responses I got from adults last night on my Twitter feed about this, most of them immediately went to the accusation of, well, without trust, there's nothing. And I'm like, well, yeah, we know that. <laughs> I know we get it. Yeah, defensiveness uh, doesn't help and then anyone. Other people, other people felt like, well, my husband or my wife has the code to my phone, and mm -hmm. we don't really care, or we, you know, they can look at whatever. And but here's the risk you run. Here's the risk you run. So if you're snooping, I promise you're going to find something, and you're going to find something that may not be anything. But your mind is going to assume, well, what does that mean? And maybe it's just a joke between friends. Maybe it is a number that you don't, or a name you don't recognize. And so if you find something like that and you've been snooping, here's the bigger problem. What do you do? How do you reveal it without revealing yourself to that other person that no, you, you have, have in to fact, been snooping? You do have to own it. And then I would suggest, you know, that that is a point. Where, and people are like, well, if there's not trust, there's not anything. But I love what you're saying. People, we get so black and white about stuff, and I get it. But we forget that relationships are fluid. People are fluid. We come with so much crap strapped to our backs. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect someone to change overnight. Right. And a year is barely enough time, really, Agreed. to, like, actually establish stuff. And, and if there's a hiccup in that year, then right. you kind of have to start your timeline over. There was a hiccup with us where I found something out that I didn't like. And right. so that honestly started our timeline over. And of you trust. were four months in? Yeah, I think around four. So that started that timeline over of trust where it's like, all right, I mean, I've got to give you, I, I want to give you another yeah, chance to prove you're not going to keep him wrong. on trial. No, right. but, you know, you started the timeline over. Right. So, and that, it is what it is. But yeah, if you're snooping, own up to it. Yeah. You can't just go like, you know, who is this person? No, you were snooping and own up to it and then address what's going on. I'm just lucky because, I mean, my boyfriend doesn't have any close female friends. So that's a topic to... for a whole other yeah. show because but I try to tell my guy friends about that. I'm like, I have I... close guy friends, though, but he's also not a jealous person. And so it's like. But why um, would you say you're lucky because he doesn't have a lot of girlfriends? Because you nice. are a jealous person. I can be, but it's just nice. It's nice to not even it's have to be put thing. in that position. Exactly. Whereas, exactly. you know, but for him too, like he's not a jealous person and he understands that I am a public persona. I get guys in my DMs all the time. Do I right. respond to them or even open them right. sometimes? I no. Yeah. I mean, if not if it's aggressively. Hey, yeah, not if it's aggressive. What are you wearing? Yeah. Like, uh, this. And I send a picture of a orangutan. I mean, I I'm don't like, even really? respond. I mean, come um, on. So, yeah, so he's fully aware of that. And, like, if he was a jealous person, this relationship probably wouldn't work because, I mean, I can't help I kind of like a guy, though, that's a little bit like. Oh, he'll get his, know, fe his feathers ruffled. Yeah, like, you know, it's okay to 
tinkle yeah. in your territory. But tinkle, apparently, that, that wouldn't be guy like for when me. When we but were at, like pee in your territory. Yeah, no, he he I'm ruffles his feathers. But apparently, a girl came up to him while we were at Katsukan last weekend and was NBC. like, "You're so handsome." Like I oh. had gone to bed and everyone oh. was still up. She's like, "You're so handsome. You're so cute. I would totally mm, you." Oh. And oh. that's your generation. And he was like, "Oh no, nope. cons uh, are like swingers parties." Yeah, okay. he's like, "Nope, nope, that's definitely not happening." You know, I I have a girlfriend. She's like, "Was she here?" He's like, yeah, yeah, she's she's here. Would she be down? Well, no, she was like, but she's not here here. And I'm like, (laughs) if I kill you, are you dead, dead or just dead? (laughs) Like, what does that mean? And she's not here, here. I'm I'm upstairs. This is the semantics world we live in. So eventually he like separated himself. And for a lot of women, they love the fact that a guy's got a girl. Yeah, I know. For a lot of women, the wedding ring says somebody else wants you. And some men are like, I don't understand the mystery behind that. Like, I'm wearing a, a ring. I'm like, yeah, but for a lot of ratchet women, that says, it does I don't have them. to deal with you. I, Somebody else does, but I can have my fun with you. I I get it on a, like, a very psychological level, but, like, I've never wanted something that wasn't mine. So if it wasn't fully mine, I didn't want That's it. That's not true. You wanted that stupid Barbie airplane that I couldn't afford to give you for, like, six Christmases in a row and all of your friends had it. Yeah, exactly. I wanted it to be mine. Yeah, you don't want to take someone else's. Oh, I didn't of course not. you to be covetous, my darling. If it's not fully mine, then it's pointless. It's kind of worthless. Amen to that, sister. So, but okay. yeah. yeah. I if love I'm, you. If I'm, if I'm there, I'm there there. And if I kill you, <laughs> you're, you're dead dead. dead. <laughs> so. All right, on that note, we're out of here. I'm yep. Frank. I'm Ernest. Yes, and we will be back next Friday, hopefully. Right? Are you in town? We don't know. Yes. Who knows? Yes. But we'll be back. I'll have Allie back. I know you guys love her and you love it whenever she's on my show. And I do too, even though she's a giant pain in my keister. That's what makes it fun. I know it does. This is our fam. Welcome Mm -hmm. to our family. Thank you for sharing our broadcast and podcast. We love you very much. We'll both be in Vegas for Mm -hmm. Deplorapalooza. We will. March 5th through the 7th. So you can meet both of us and we'd love to meet you. iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Spotify, all that stuff. We're everywhere. So check us out. Check me out this Sunday live. Uh, We'll not be live actually, but it's going to be a great, great meaty show from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, WSB Radio 95.5 FM, AM 750 out of Atlanta, Georgia. Be good to your neighbors beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.